KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. I'm so excited today. I'm welcoming fellow Colorado native Lindsay Simons to the TNT mic. She is the founder of Lindsay Simons Consulting, a boutique firm offering strategic fundraising consultation, campaign management, board training, and executive coaching. We're going to cover self-worth, price point psychology, jumping uh, from the corporate ship into the entrepreneurial world, and really understanding that personal journey and how it parallels that professional journey. Uh, getting okay with that uncomfortable conversation around money. There are so many gold nuggets and pro tips within this conversation. Lean in, get a pen, and get ready for some absolute amazing intel around money and knowing your worth. Lindsay, thank you for the time and energy. I really appreciate it. Be sure to check us out on YouTube where you can see all the videos. Have an amazing day. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm really excited today. If you listen to Turmeric and Tequila, you know that I love my connects of connects. And to shout out and thank you to Bill. But I have Lindsay Simons coming to the mic. She is a fellow Denver native, which makes it even more cool. Went to high school by mine. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, we didn't know each other back in the day, but now we've crossed paths. I'm going to do a quick intro on her and then I'm going to let her run because she's got a wealth, no pun intended, of information to share with us. We're going to talk about everything in the nonprofit space and why. Why it pays, even in the nonprofit space, to hire good talent, pay for good consultation, and really put a dollar sign to that self-worth. So without further ado, I'm going to give a quick intro on Lindsay. She is a senior nonprofit fundraising and management professional with a decade of experience partnering with organizations for transformational change. She's raised over a billion philanthropic dollars, and she is the founder of Lindsay Simons Consulting, a boutique firm offering strategic fundraising, consultation, campaign management, board training, and executive coaching. Lindsay. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Thank you. I am so pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. I love your show. I've enjoyed yes. your charisma and energy and, you know, talking real. So let's do it. Let's talk real. I'm so pumped. So she's also obviously a fellow podcaster. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but I think the most important question is, do you think blondes have more fun? <laughs> um, yes. And I have some personal, um, experience with not being blonde and it was, you know, people took me a little bit more seriously. I had dark Brown hair. I tried that out for a little while in college. I tried out red hair. I tried out very short hair, which is another story for another time and long hair, middle length. I think that blondes have more fun. And I think people interact with you differently when you're a blonde versus a brunette, but that's a whole nother uh, topic for another time. I love your yes. questions. Very silly, very playful. Yeah, we, Let's I mean, go have some fun. Yeah, we can't I start too some, serious. It's a little early for tequila, but you know, maybe we should be doing this turmeric and tequila. Tell me about like, when yeah. do you do the tequila and when you do the turmeric? That's the real question. You could, you could do it together. I always tell people, cause when they wear my shirts put up, them together, no way. No, there is, there's, if you Google, um, turmeric mar uh, margarita, there's a phenomenal turmeric margarita. It's basically margarita with turmeric in it. It's like usually around the salt rim, which it does dye your mouth orange because that's turmeric. It's the most, um, but it's really good in there. So, and I try and 
cook with turmeric all the time. So if you put the turmeric in the food and then you're sipping tequila, I think you're yeah. in a harmonious, balanced state. And you're if you have blonde hair wind. to boot, like you're just <laughs> crushing life. So I didn't, I didn't realize you had so much, um, in-depth, like analysis on living with different hairstyles or different oh, hair yes. colors. Lived so. experiences. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, I, I think I've always been pretty blonde. Maybe I'll let the hair too. I forgot to mention that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to well, go back to that. Somehow that doesn't work with professional services. Uh, I, folks don't really want to show up in hot pink hair anymore. I know. Well, what if it was like for the breast cancer research foundation or something strategic? Yes. Okay, breast cancer research patients or other causes, let me know if you need some support and we can make up a great reason to dye my hair pink again. I think that'd be awesome. Thank I'm you. down. Let's do it. Well, on that note, why don't you give <laughs> us some background on where you came from, what led you to where you are now, and just like some juicy details of the journey that brought us to where we're at now. Cool. So yes, from Colorado. And um, I ended up staying here for college as well, and then moved up to the mountains to become a ski bunny. Somehow the mountains were very, very cold. And I did not like that. After five months, I failed, which is ridiculous because I'm a Colorado girl and a skier. Um, I moved to Spain for a short while. I came back. I thought about different things I wanted to do, marketing communications and sales. And then I happened upon CCS, which is a fundraising consulting firm. The story goes back a little bit further to um, some connections to my high school. And I fell in love with it. It was a perfect marriage. It was like turmeric and tequila. Yeah. Except for, for me, it was working with nonprofits and being in business at the same time. So it was not, um, you know, I was, I was nervous as a young person about the scarcity model of nonprofits. I was concerned that I wouldn't have enough, uh, wouldn't get into an organization that had enough discretionary funds to train me and teach me and give me tools that I needed to be professional and, um, you know, to advance my career. And that's not to be disparaging towards nonprofits, it's just that, you know, some of the big shops that I had been interviewing at in Denver, they had very, very few openings for anything other than the, the, the more, most entry level job, such as canvassing or putting together flyers or organizing, um, you know, organizing documents really. And I thought, gosh, this is not a good use of my education, passion, skill sets that I feel like I'm going to burn out. And for those who have worked their way through the nonprofit space, starting there, hats off to you because that's grit. That's determination. That's true passion. I just wasn't there. I needed a little bit more. So consulting was an awesome fit for me because I was then able to hop into scenarios, discover what were the problems, what were the opportunities, what were some of the strengths, you know, SWOT analysis, if you will, like a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, and then move forward. And this company does major gifts, capital campaigns as the backbone after 75 years of being in this space, they're still going strong. And I have a lot of respect for CCS and working with um, them again on a project currently. And I learned a lot in that time about the importance of major gift fundraising and of filling your pipeline with the baseline. Now, if you have no idea what the heck words I'm using right now, what I'm trying to say is that it's important to engage all members of society in a nonprofit. And then it's important to be strategic about then how you're investing in each division of that engagement. So wanting to make sure that people are all feeling included and that they can get involved, whether it's a volunteer opportunity or if they can shout uh, your brand out on their social media, because we know now that's really uh, influential and important. In fact, we're seeing massive upticks in virtual data every day, right? And the impact 
impact and influence of it, especially in the nonprofit space. So I, um, you know, so I've, I've been in that career of fundraising consulting for, I don't know, I guess 13 years now after a while at CCS, it was almost a decade. I was a vice president there. I was moving all over the country, um, working on huge nine figure capital campaigns. I then left and started Lindsay Simons consulting 2017 and have never looked back. I've learned so much from that, you know, sole proprietorship and, you know, working with different subcontractors and different nonprofits who wanted things beyond capital campaign. Maybe it's executive coaching. I do a lot of that or it's interim vice president leadership, or it's hiring new folks or board trainings, board recruitment, anything like that. And yeah, now I, as I said earlier, I'm happy to be back working at uh, partnering again with CCS and just evolving as I go and, and doing this podcast, creating community for good is, you know, another, uh, like you mentioned, I've got another podcast as well as you, and it's been a lot of fun. So that's been, that's sort of the, that's the background it. on me. Well, first things first, I love that you said ski bunny instead of ski bum. Cause there's I, <laughs> many of my friends have gone and taken like that year or so, or five months, whatever to go live in the mountains and do the ski bum thing. I'm yet to hear ski bunny. So I love that branding there. <laughs> um, but it, it sounds like, you know, your heart really, I was in it and wanted to get back from the, the get-go. And then like, it seems like the running theme was, you know, working alongside people, like not the sales side or whatever, but really getting in the consulting, like literally having conversations and connecting and building community. And I yeah. like that you said encompassing, um, everybody at all levels. I do consulting as far as like marketing and branding. And it's really a similar conversation about cultivating community authentically and building something that people want to be a part of. And this is the perfect conversation to where you really need good people that like bleed this, like, you know, people like us that really want to show up and do this, you know, for a paycheck, because it's our job, but really for the greater good, because if it doesn't look authentic, especially in this day and age with the transparency of social media, um, people see through it and it's just not something they really want to be a part of. And that kind of mutes the, the journey to anything further, including funding some of these really important causes, um, leaning into like that self-worth. I think it's really hard when you're in that, um, coveted, you know, corporate position, you've worked there, you're comfortable. You can, I think complacency can sometimes sit in as we get older. What made you want to take the leap and in, in that entrepreneurial space? And what do you think really gave you the confidence to do that? Well, that was one of those leaps that was sort of, uh, you know, it's one of, sometimes you make leaps because you've been planning them for years and years and years. Other times you find yourself in that scenario. (laughs) So I was the latter. I found myself with this opportunity and it was a massive jump. I would say that that time of year of my life, I had more change happening in my life personally and professionally than I ever have. And it was one of those uh, disruptive years that we probably only have a few of in our lifetime. And, um, you know, I really see this as a very meaningful breakdown, if you will, of the old construct of who I was and what I was doing and what my life looked like. And then it shaped into something new. So I'm a very spiritual person. And for me, that felt like, um, uh, a true start. Whoa, I almost knocked over my glass as I'm articulating the importance and significance of this time. You know, it was a real, it was a real time of 
change in all ways that allowed for growth. So as you know, with fires, you know, we have to burn fires sometimes so that the new seeds can burst into life. And that's the same cycle of, you know, who we are as humans and our phases and growth throughout our life. And so part of my growth was start, was leaving what I knew, what was, I was comfortable with, what I was pretty, um, you know, I was esteemed, I was respected and just starting something brand new, right? So I still had some of that continuity, which was fortunate, but I had never run a business before, you know, every day I'd wake up and think, what am I actually doing? You know, how do I do this? And thinking, how do I actually move forward day after day with running a small business? And it was an incredible uh, learning and challenge. And it just took me to the next level in terms of understanding holistically what I wanted to do with my life, what I was offering, what I was good at, what I was not good at, and how I could impact society, how I can leave a mark in my short time on earth. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, um, I don't know. I think it's different for different people. I'm with you. I always say God, universe and Madonna on the podcast, whatever you believe. I think there are those significant pivot points yeah. that happen. And if you're aware and paying attention, it's pretty clear that you have to maneuver accordingly. So sometimes it's not confidence yeah. or bravery or whatever. It's just straight up shove in the right direction by universe, <laughs> God or Madonna. And yes. you just, you just have to like pack a helmet, have some tequila and like, you know, <laughs> pray and keep the faith. Um, was there one thing that like happened that shove you in the right direction? direction or was there like some sense of clarity like yeah. was there one pivot point that kind of just pushed you yeah there was and um something that i'd really love to shout out at this point is the power of network and community yeah. because um when i made a few phone calls to a few past colleagues and friends and um network that i had i said gosh i'm just thinking about what uh what i could do here with my skill sets and what would you think about uh, referring me to somebody else. And do you think it's possible that I could do this business successfully? And it was a number of months before I made those phone calls. And then when I did, I had a whole book of business book within, I think it was like 10 days. It was pretty insane. Wow. So I would say that was an aha moment or like a, a you know, earth shattering sort of floodgates opening moment where all of a sudden the door, the access was there, you know, green lights, yeah. Matthew McConaughey's book. I've love that book, especially just the intro. I would listen, anybody who's listening, listen to the audio intro of that book read by Matthew McConaughey. It'll blow you away. What an incredible storyteller, but he talks about green lights and the universe inspiring for you. And I really had that moment where I thought I am so blessed, so lucky and off to the races. Yeah. Um, that's so well said. I, I it's so hard to sometimes be clear on what you want. But I think the second that clarity comes, right, universe, God, Madonna, whatever, it shows up and provides that path. You just have to sit with it and get really, really clear. And I think that in itself is really hard and does take some points in the journey. I do have faith in our young people that those questions are having, happening earlier. Yeah. Um, hence why I started my podcast. I'm like, okay, good. This conversation's happening so much earlier. Let's get varsity humans like yourself on the mic to like talk about it because I think yeah. they're having this way, way earlier. Um, yeah. Once once you were in it, every entrepreneur I've ever talked to has been like, you know, when I started out, I was in it, I committed, but it was yeah. really hard for me to believe like I am a business. This is a thing. I'm a boss, yeah. like men and yeah. women. Um, yeah. What was that pivot point where you're like, this is, this is, I feel like a real business. This is for real. Yeah. You know, it probably came down to when I had to pitch myself to a referral. So it was easy for me to 
get a few jobs early on because I was calling people that I already knew. And I you know, didn't want to rest on my laurels, but I will say I was very lucky to have had relationships that I built over the years. But then when somebody introduced me to somebody new, I realized, okay, I don't, I can't just say, oh, it's just me. I'll, you know, you know what I do, right? You have to actually articulate what is your exact offering? What is your point of distinction? And how do you price yourself? And that was a big point as well to say, mm-hmm. you know, with nonprofits, you want to do your work for free. Basically, I would love to do all of the work that I do totally for free because I think it's good work. I believe that our society needs it. And I believe that the people that I've been blessed to work with are doing their best to do incredible game-changing work that has a ripple effect that we'll maybe never even see in our lifetimes. Some of it can be quantified, some of it can't. But the moment that I realized, okay, I'm in a real business now was when I had to define my offering, my pricing, and what the go forward plan was. It wasn't, it wasn't just uh, somebody else was doing it for me. You know, it was easier when I was working for a big company, they would yeah. sell me, shop me out and tell me, Hey, Lindsay, we've got a project for you. Here's what it's going to be. You're, you're going to be in San Francisco now. And, yeah, <laughs> and here's yeah. what you're going to do. Now it was okay. Um, right. So what's the issue? What can I do? What can I offer? How much is it going to cost? You know, that was a real game changer to understand what's the, the business model. Right. And just like you said, some of it, you can't quantify. Like I, as a consultant, we talk about, you know, social media and likes and follows and KPIs and blah, blah, blah. But some of it, just like in sports, you can't measure hustle or leadership or commitment. Like there's so many things that, you know, just can't be there. And that's when I I love the referrals because it's just like hire this human, they're good. And like, they get it. And that's when the referrals just really start to serve you because like the marketing of yourself or your business, it gets a little bit um, muddy in the beginning. And I, this is such a perfect segue of knowing your self-worth because there is such a psychology around price point. If you're right. too expensive for, you know, more entry-level situations, then, then they're, you're priced out. If you're not, you know, priced too high enough, then the serious, the big guys yeah. don't take you serious. So it's this right. whole situation of like, how do I figure out, you know, my costs and what makes sense financially, but then also puts me in a ring where I'm competitive. Cause I know my, what I bring to the table with some of these big dogs and they might be millions, yeah. even though I can do it for a quarter of the price. Cause I don't have to have this big, you know, overhead infrastructure, whatever. Um, right. it's really, really a tough point. Have you had to kind of go back and revisit your pricing over the years? Oh, I revisit my pricing on almost every project. Yeah. I've been doing this for, I I guess four plus years and almost every time I redo my pricing, I think about how much time is it going to take me? How easy is it for me to execute on? And what's then the worth or the value? So thinking from my end, and then I also do analysis of what they're able to pay. You know, how big of a project is this? What is the ROI for them? Will this be, if it's a capital campaign, which means it's sort of an extraordinary fundraising endeavor. It's something outside of their ordinary operations. It might be building a new building, expanding the program to a new city or nationally. It might be creating an endowment, paying off debt, something like that. It's really a big, big lift. That's a very high ROI for a consultant. You know, I might be a few cents on the dollar in that regard. But then on another hand, I might be doing executive coaching to a brand new, uh, executive director. I've got somebody I'm thinking of right now, who's an absolute rock star. She came from the trenches as a teacher and as a program manager, and then moved her way up until now she's been nominated by the board to be the executive director. And she didn't have the, but she didn't have any external grooming per se. So they were allowing her budget to get executive consulting and coaching. So that's what I'm offering her. Now you can't really measure that impact, but you can think about, um, 
you know, what's the overall impact to the institution? What can they afford? How long will this be? And it's a dialogue. It's a dialogue every time. And to your point though, I, I tell my clients, look, there are a lot of consultants out there. A lot of them are really good. Not all of them are. And some of them are excellent. And some of them are newer in the career and some of them are more senior. And I am not one of the entry level people and I'm not going to be the cheapest, but I can make some referrals to people if your budget won't allow for what I'm going to offer or charge. And so I always try to be solution-based, but I never, um, you know, I've, I've stopped taking projects that I'm going to be almost losing money or just running around too much. I'm getting spread thin. I'm not, I need to hustle. I need to have on, I need to take on more projects because I'm not making my financial targets. Then that nobody's winning because then I'm not able to give my best or be as focused. Um, so I try to think about less is more. So if I can work really intently on a very specific project and just take on a couple of them, one to four perhaps at a time, but charging them a rate that will sustain my goals and not just sustain me in, in the, you know, the bare minimum. And I'm not talking about just making sure that my monthly bills are met. I'm talking about actually making sure that I'm growing a business, I'm saving, I'm living, uh, you know, a respectable lifestyle that I want to live. And we all have a different dollar amount that goes to that. We all have different issues with money. You know, somebody that I've, and a few people I've talked to, but Jen Risher about money issues in particular and talking about what's your money story. And so I think about what's my money story, what's my offering every time I make a proposal and a pitch. I love it. So many um, nuggets of gold there because I think uh, your self-worth and particularly with my varsity humans, what we do in the world, whether it's our occupation or perhaps you're a stay-at-home mom, it doesn't matter, but like what you primarily do really, I think, correlates with where your soul's at um, in your lifetime. And I think the more your soul evolves, the more you can evolve in your professional career or again, whatever it is you do, quote unquote. Um, And it's pretty cool to see like if you reflect I wouldn't consider us like like old enough to really be super like old old wise ladies, but I think we have done enough, perhaps, <laughs> yeah. you know, to to reflect and be like, oh my God, it's so funny how serendipitous the journey has been where I evolved as yeah. a human and so did my career, my pursuits professionally, and or as an athlete, or again as a parent, whatever. Um, you kind of get to dial in with that self-worth. I worked with a couple nonprofits and I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, thankfully, because when I came off my D1 uh lacrosse situation, I knew I didn't want to have a boss ever again. So <laughs> It wasn't about self-worth for me or anything. It was just about freedom, which, you know, independence happens to be one of my top core values. So again, yeah. it all kind of makes sense. But when I took a full-time career with a nonprofit, it was a large paying salary. And I had really internal conflict with, you know, it's nonprofit. We're giving back. Should we, should mm-hmm. I be taking this? And then I watched a really great TEDx on long and short that, you know, if you have great people that can raise millions, it's worth mm-hmm. paying them X amount of dollars versus someone that's cheaper that can only raise $150,000 or whatever. So yeah. you have to break up with that, um, scenario around, you know, the economics and like get the economic literacy of really what's going on and, and how, um, it, it's important and really understanding your worth, because it sounds like when you went away from the corporate situation, you had that awakening of like, great, I want to make money. I want to be a professional and I want my yeah. time or I had some other, yeah. you know, values in life you wanted to address. Yeah. Did you, did you see, and I know you're an intentional spiritual human. Um, did you see that personal growth kind of paralleling the professional growth? Oh yes, definitely. And spiritual, I would add that third arm. Yeah. I would say that it's whether you're working in nonprofits or marketing or sales or, you know, creating new technology, whatever you're doing, um, 
if you can identify what is sparking joy for you and what's fueling your energy, really. I mean, sparking joy is a little cliche. I know it's a little, uh, you know, a little much, a little extra at these, these, this, this moment, but, um, I think that there's something really there. You know, if you really yeah. can get motivated and fueled, then you will naturally be contributing. That's the way the world works. That's the law of physics. If you are excited, if you're positive and you are able to connect with a challenge or an opportunity that the market obviously needs that is causing you to be employed or as an as an independent that is creating a need then and you're filling it that is a contribution to society and i think that if you can find what your a purpose is maybe your job is not your purpose in many cases it's not right for not a, most people in america don't and the world don't have jobs that they feel like are fulfilling their life's purpose and mission I think a lot of nonprofits do. A lot of people who work for nonprofits, they do find that that is fulfilling their life's purpose, but it doesn't have to be that you're in that sector. What mm -hmm. I'm trying to say is that if you can identify with yourself, what are your core values, as you mentioned already, KO, and then what are your, what are your gifts, right? So what is your unique talent that you can bring and what is fueling you? Then you'll always be continuing to contribute. And I think that's what that's what ties in the professional, personal, spiritual path. And that's how you can really get grooving. And I think when I was younger, I maybe it wasn't like as clear on that. And I think yeah. it's with some deep reflection and some big moments of, you know, a, an oh shit moment feeling like, wait a second, what am I doing? You know, and thinking maybe I should go into like tech or something. Maybe <laughs> I should be in real estate. You know, maybe I should just follow the money and then thinking like, well, I could, but yeah. no, maybe, maybe I think about like, well, what is my offering? What can I contribute? And maybe I'll shift careers at some point in my life. But right now I feel like this is really a good fit for my personality, my skill sets, my aptitude, my experience. So for me, I, I do think that we're not always, you know, life's not always rosy and we're not always in sync, but when you have a moment where you do get clarity and you do feel like you're in sync, hold on to that and let yeah. that fuel you for the moments that are a little bit less exciting. I love it. I, I completely agree. I think when you feel in that space of alignment and things yeah. are in flow. There's, I, yeah. these were new conversations. And again, I had to like personally seek out coaches and, yeah. um, therapies and life coaching. And yep. a lot of Me it happened. Too. Yeah. Because of my work, thankfully. So I don't know if I would have sat out on my own because it wasn't a conversation really in my family. Yeah. And, uh, it was great to learn all that. And again, I think our young people yeah. are having that, but if these terms, you know, alignment or flow, it's kind of like, it's like a kitschy <sighs> thing we're hearing out of a cookbook. Yeah. But really, if you have any sort of self-awareness where you do feel like, oh my God, I love that, or yeah. this just seems easy and it's actually a lot of work, but I'm I'm just down to do it. That intel is so huge. And I can't agree mm -hmm. with you more that those big failures or like points when um, it's just, you're so out of alignment. It's like, those are the bumpers of life being like, yeah. I'm bumping you out of the way. I'm, I'm letting you know, this isn't it. Like there are yeah. clear signs if we can just right. learn to pay attention. Yeah. If you could like, and to use another cliche phrase, fail forward. Yeah. If you just, you're trying something out and it's just not working. That's no problem. That's cool. Just yeah. pack it in and move on out. Like get something else going. Cause there are a lot of things that we can do. And there are a lot of opportunities in our country in particular. Yes. Do you have like one for anyone that's listening? Good pro tip. That's like, I know I need to change. I'm not, I'm new to this conversation on alignment yeah. and energy, blah, blah. But what's like a pro tip for someone that's like really ready to pivot, but they're unclear on the first step. Yeah. I had a great conversation with somebody about that last night. She's in the public sector and she's looking to get into the nonprofit space. And 
she said that she had inter- she had applied for 80 jobs in the last year and had five responses, five interviews, and all of them rejected her. Wow. And man, my heart broke for her because I was like, that must be hard. You must have some grit there. I mean, there's going to be a story out of that year of trying. Um, but what I think is that the first step is really there. Are, let's see, what would be my first step in a pro tip? I'm going to give you a few because I just can't help myself. Okay. But first, <laughs> it's probably going to be looking inside, right? It's so like what just doing a self analysis, do a scan, do a, a swap, you know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What do I have opportunity or growth towards aptitude for what's curious, what's sparking me and then threats. Like what are some of my quirks that, that haven't worked out so well for me? You know, do I have a hot temper? Do I lack motivation? Do I make spelling errors? I do. I make a lot of spelling errors. I always have have somebody prove me. (laughs) Um, And then think about, so that's first knowing thyself. Right. And then the second would be thinking about how you can activate your network. So without trying to target, like cast a wide net first and then focus slowly over time, I would say the, the, the recommendation is don't say, I want to shift. And I know exactly the one thing that I want. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do anything but that unless it's, you know, some people do have that passion and that's great. But for the most people, I would say, keep your options open and start networking and ask people for, um, informational interviews, ask them to hear out your self-exploration. I've been doing that recently because I just moved from Denver or to Denver from San Francisco. So I had one person that I knew was a wise elderly person. And I said, can you help me? Can you sit down with me and help me flesh out, you know, thinking about how to grow my network and how to position myself in this market? What does the market need? What do I have to offer? And he was terrific. We spent an hour. And when I left, he had six names that he wanted me to meet. He introduced me to them. And then each one of those has introduced me to somebody else. So I've never asked for a job in any of those moments. Instead, it was connect with me, help me think about what I be a third party, be a witness, hear, hear my heart, hear my mind, hear my story, and then do a little brainstorming with me. People love to do that. They actually love to do that. And I think that I don't think a lot of people take advantage of that. I think maybe, you know, people who are insecure, shy, unclear, um, you know, not, never, not comfortable, haven't done this before. I would just challenge you to start with low hanging fruit, like do it with a friend, do it with somebody you already know, then ask them to refer you to somebody that you don't know and let it snowball from there. But getting that muscle memory of being able to talk and brainstorm with somebody and vision, it's a great, it's a great skill set, and it will serve you. It will really serve you because you never know when somebody says, Hey, and I've got an opportunity for you. I love it. Well, and I think when you come to someone and, and recognize their expertise, yeah. I think nine times out of 10, they're flatter. They're more than yes. happy to sit down because I think they feel seen and heard and yes. they absolutely have, in, you know, incredible Intel, but really great connections. And we are such a, yeah. in a beautiful place in this world where the height, yeah. the, the heart, the mind, the humanized side of the brand business company, whatever is relevant. Like people want to know our consumers are more intentional. Like they dig into the details, particularly our young humans. It's really a beautiful space right now where it's not just like the measurables and just like just the ROI and whatever. And how it's like how you're operating, who's operating in which way, what is the heart space? What is the mission? We're in such a different space. So I love those pro tips. And I I couldn't agree more that, um, leaning inward is, as I would always, I would agree Mm -hmm. with you. It's, it's really just dialing in and being like, okay, who am I? What do I really want to do? And just start with that. Um, 
And one thing that's really saved me, and I, I don't know if you could agree with this, but is letting go of knowing the how, like how it's all going to happen. Like just yeah. be clear on what you want. And I know my varsity peeps, like we have strategy and planning and this, and I'm going to show up and I'm going to train hard. I'm going to read more. And it's sometimes it's just like, be clear and like, yeah. just trust that it's yeah. going to unfold. Yes. Yeah. And that's probably the easiest and hardest advice, but mm -hmm. we can all benefit from it in all aspects, aspects of life. Yeah. Right. It's like finding, finding your inner truth or voice or clarity, and then making the conditions right to just yes. receive what comes to you. Mm -hmm. Keep, keep showing up. It's, yeah, um, it's hard. Up. I think the more I learn, the more I'm like, it is about like doing less and that goes against yeah. everything I've learned to yeah. this point. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's different times, but I, I'm, I'm excited about what's on the horizon. Is there anything you do now? Like, do you have a morning routine or like any sort of daily pro tip, um, that you do to keep those edges sharp and in the mix and aware? Uh, yeah, I like to get up and move my body is the first thing that has to happen. And then I always have tea. I just feel like I need to flush out my system with some good hot water. And, um, you know, I, I usually will drink a full glass of just water first thing in the morning, and then I'll put the tea kettle on and I'll start moving. So whether I'm doing, I actually just got a rower, which I'm very excited about and KO, yes. maybe you can help me sometimes. I can. I'm not a rower. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So I just got that because, uh, you know, this living in Colorado, gosh, you know, it was 30 degrees at seven o'clock and pitch dark the other night. And I thought, well, I'm just now finished with work. I can't go for a run. What am I supposed to do with myself? <laughs> Yeah. So I'm very happy to have that. Um, but going back to the morning routine, yeah, I, I love yoga. So maybe it's a meditation for five to 20 minutes, um, maybe some sun salutations, some, you know, some movement, some, a walk around the block, feeling the sun on my face, just yeah. feeling human. I think it's just really important to feel human. It's so easy for me to lapse in that and to wake up and grab my phone. I don't put my phone in my room anymore like that. I've not been doing since COVID. So two years almost now, Good I put you. my room in another room. So I force myself to get out and there's no technology in the bedroom. Good so I'll you. get out and I try not to even look at my phone for uh, as long as I can, maybe half an hour, an hour, just to feel that human quality of being alive and moving your body, getting what you need, sustenance, and then jumping into that work world or the tech messages or whatever you're doing, you know, social, I mean, it's all real. We're all, we're all dealing with all the inundation of yes. technology, but try to be human, try to stay human. That's yeah. a, that's a start. Finding that balance, everything's so yeah. readily available. Like you said, just getting into that human side, uh, is community a big piece? Like for me, like me going yeah. to CrossFit or the gym is big, but really it's about being around my people. Yeah. And then even the social side is very big. Like I need to just be around the community and in the mix yeah. of things. Does that fuel your soul? Definitely. I am. I'm actually more of an introvert than people think I am, but I'm a very outgoing person. So I like to have my alone time, but I need to be out and I need to be, you know, being face to face with my clients has been such a treat since COVID. And I, I love that. I love going out and meeting up with, you know, new friends, old friends, going to nonprofit events. I go to as many as I can get to and just meet people who have shared interests and different life stories. Um, yeah, I think being in community is huge. I, I also do, you know, I've got my podcast, but my consulting, I have a big friend group. And then I was doing clubhouse pretty regularly for about, I don't know, seven months. I just took a break because I was, I was a little inundated. Yeah. <laughs> I had enough going on, but I was doing like a weekly clubhouse. And I felt like these were people all around the world that I'd literally never met before, but I started seeing their names and having conversations with them every week, which was very cool. It was a really cool social experiment to create community. 
yeah, I'm all about community. I think, I think we do need to, we need to feel more connected. That's going to increase our levels of happiness, decrease depression, isolation, health declines. I think it's actually really critical. And I, I don't think it's um just for the outgoing blondes like us, you know, I think it's, I think it's for everyone figure out who your people are, feel, feel loved, feel like yeah. loving and loved and joyfulness and laughing with others. It's important. Yeah. Well, you can yeah. hear about how, you know, some of their woes or their insecurities or their yeah. highlights or pro tips. Um, I'm like you, I'm very much like turmeric and tequila, the extremes. I'm super social, yeah. love my humans. And then I could be like a recluse in my house for like yeah. a month and be completely <laughs> fine but with my dogs um, yeah. and just kind of like recoup and re-energize and, and just yeah. be away. Um, yeah. So I, I want to specifically talk about this. We did actually get a hangout IRL in real life post COVID, <laughs> which was amazing. We need to have more of that. But one of the, my favorite, um, things that Lindsay said, I was like, you know, I've got some a philanthropic situation. I'd love to introduce you. And she's like, great. And I'm expensive. And I was like, yes. I'm like, I love to hear this and no ego attached. It was just straight up. I know myself. I know my worth. Yeah. And I know what I bring to the table and I value my time. I really encourage my females in particular yeah. to get to that space. I think it's such a powerful statement. And some people might be like, I don't know if I can say that or knowing my worth. Yeah. And that's a little bit cliche, but really yeah. knowing that it's expensive because on the flip side of that, the only finite resource is time. So yeah. for us to give our time, Time, it's an expensive give regardless. Yeah. Um, was, you know, when, when you say that and it, it came off so casually, and again, this is not an ego statement. It's a really genuine, authentic self-worth moment. Um, when you say that, do you, and it seemed comfortable, like, can you really embrace that and um, understand it as it comes out of your mouth? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. I fully own it. I really yes. do. Um, I have had a lot of exposure to a lot of socioeconomic brackets and not just seeing them, but being intimately um, involved and life experiences. And um, I have my own money story that I won't bore you with now, maybe for another, another time, but I have come to realize what's really important to me. As you said earlier, one of your core values is independence. And that is for me as well. And that means financial security is critical to me. Um, when I'm starting something brand new or when I was hired with, uh, you know, right out of college, I was thinking extremely low salaries that I was thrilled about, right? Cause I was thrilled to be getting earning money <laughs> beyond what I was honestly doing, like babysitting, raking leaves. I've always been working since I was a yeah. little one. I've always been working, hustling for that, that paycheck, that you know, $5 bill that somebody was going to pass me for my hour of work, raking their leaves and going then to the, uh, you know, to the mall to buy my Skittles and, um, play video arcade games, you know, for an hour. And like, that was a big driver for me. And I know it's kind of silly, but I'm, I'm just trying to say that for me, I've always had a bit of a hustle in me and, um, every step has been incrementally a different experience. I'm offering something different and I've, I'm honing in on what my offerings really are, right? So when you're doing odd jobs, you might not be able to hire or pay as a uh, request as high of a pay. And then when you become more and more focused and refined, you might be able to ask for more because of your experience or exposure. So it's not to say that I was always, um, I'm not, I'm not, um, Money is not the only thing, but it is something mm -hmm. where I say, Hey, this is, this is part of my, it's part of my package, part of my offering. It has nothing to do with if I'm a quality human or not, you know, so I could go and volunteer my hour doing the exact same work for free or, and, and I can also have a client where I'm doing the same thing for pay. 
right? So it's not about me being worth a certain dollar amount or not, because in both of those hours, I'm being me and offering my same skill sets. It's about how am I looking outside of myself and running a business? And that's what's important. You know, my self-worth comes from my connection to my spirituality, my family, my behaviors, you know, the decisions that I make, you know, when I get out of bed and do I, at the end of the day, am I okay? Like, is my slate relatively clean? Of course, I'm making mistakes, but, you know, am I doing things that I'm relatively proud of and I feel good about? That's where self-worth comes from. Totally different from money. So, you know, that's something that I would like to talk more about. And I'd like to continue to study because, um, you know, I have a lot of friends who think I'm bold in that. And I appreciate that they see that, um, but I don't see it any other way. And I'd like right. to figure out how can I, how can I distill my, um, my mentality or confidence around that to help others? Not again, no ego involved, but just that I don't get caught up in it the way that maybe I, perhaps I used to, I'm not sure when the shift happened, but I'm now, um, I don't have, it doesn't hang, it doesn't become an issue for me. You know, if somebody wants me and, and they can't afford me, but I still really, really want to work with them, I might still take the job, right? right. Cause it's like a win-win. But then if there's another project where I really want to be hitting a certain financial target and they're not able to meet it, then I might just say no. And it's not because of you. It's just because I have a financial target that I haven't met yet. And I need to focus on that. You know, it's really just trying to take it outside of yourself and look at it like a business. And whether you're an independent person or not, you could still be an employee and have that mentality. Right. And I think it's important to disarm money and just take money is not identity. It's not worth and it's something that the more we start talking about it freely, the more comfortable people will be. So if you're an employee and you're looking for a pay raise, maybe you're talking to your boss about you know, using some of the language like, hey, this is uncomfortable for me. I don't know exactly how to broach this subject, but I want to. And I want to talk to you about money. I want to understand how do you make decisions about salaries or how do you make decisions about, um, you know, our project, product, project, whatever it is, what we're earning and what comes down to me. And here's what my financial goals are. How can I hit them? You know, what advice do you have for me? I mean, any of those types of conversations are going to be somewhat non-confrontational. So you can start feeling comfortable talking to your boss about money. And then eventually you can ask them for a raise. If that's what, you know, if you're in the right place for that and build your case for support, you know, this is what I've contributed. This is what I'm offering. This is what the value of the market, you know, this is a comparison, a comp across the landscape that I've seen. This is where I'd like to be. Can you meet me? What are you able to do to meet me here? Boom. And this is why you need to listen to Lindsay's podcast because there's like five podcasts within um, that statement. It's so true. And I strategically said parallel your self evolution parallels your um, professional evolution because those lines don't cross. And I, I think yeah. there's such a powerful conversation within about identity and, yeah. you know, our job, whatever. And I'm, that's something I've certainly had to unpack is like, this is what I do. This is who I am. And I tore my ACL, you know, and I had to identify myself as outside yeah. of being a lacrosse player, like major yeah. moments of pivot were like, your identity doesn't need to be wrapped in one thing. And you can be super comfortable in talking about these uncomfortable things yeah. and being clear on your self-worth. So it can be two different yeah. things. And yet one can totally inspire the other. Yeah. I, I think at some point we will have to have a further conversation around yeah. money and, and what that means and getting comfortable in it because it is particularly for our females being yeah. able to stand there and say, I'm expensive where it not being an ego identity yeah. thing, but being yeah. a clear point of like, 
this is almost like a piece of my business identity. And I would yeah. even challenge it one step further. It's opportunity cost. So if you're giving, you know, a, a lot to things that, you know, mean a little, that means you're giving up that gold to something that's really meaningful. That's waiting for you. Like you only have right. X amount of hours. So, right. um, anytime I've worked with someone about, you know, being expensive or, you know, the identity piece, it's like, well, you're, if you're hiding that gold for something that can truly change the world for things that really don't matter just to pay bills, you got to think of it as a disservice to the world. If you can't wrap your mind around, well, I don't know, I'm expensive. Mm. It just feels ego. Well, just know that like, you're literally taking from things that need it. Like you're muting right. the, the light because it's given to you for, for things that don't matter. Right. Um, and it's not and so much about being, expensive or like ego to say, Hey, I'm expensive. Like you've, you've said that and you were gen generous and teeing me up with that. So thank you. But <laughs> it really is about more saying, you know, what, as you're saying, you know, what can I de dedicate my time to? Mm -hmm. And you know what, I will volunteer and I will serve and I will do things for free or low pay for sure. But some projects they really need uh, a totally different budget range mm -hmm. than what I'm willing and able to offer. And it's just, Hey, let's, let's not make this personal. Let's not go too far. Like, I don't want anybody's hopes to get up. Let's just talk about numbers right off the bat. I try to do that with my prospective clients. And sometimes they say, well, let's you know get to know you and get to know each other. I say, well, we can, but I just want to make sure I'm not going to blow you out of the water. Yeah. Here's what my range is. And it's not extraordinary, you know, but it, we've got such a range in, in my field in particular, because consultings are popping out of nowhere and there are more and more of them and that it's not as defined of an industry and we have such variance in our sector. So it's like if you're a food shelter versus an academic medical medical center versus a nature conservation, they're totally different budgets and needs and offerings. Um, but one more thing I wanted to add KO was when I was starting my independent practice, I knew what my company was charging, which was a lot more than what I could charge because I didn't have the brand, but I did know that I was, I did have a certain number of experience, a level of experience. And, um, you know, I had my marks that I had written up about my accolades of here are my successes. And so I went to another, speaking of network, I went to a fellow board member. I sit on boards as a volunteer and donor. And I sat next to this man who is a startup guru and freaking brilliant, wonderful, fun person, actually a lax player too. And I said, so how should I, how should I figure out how to, how much to charge? He said, well, you're, you're only going to know when, um, one way. And I was like, okay, well, how am I going to know? And he said, we'll just see what the market will provide. So why don't you just throw out a number, see what comes back. Right. There and it's go. simple and silly, but it's, it's true. You know? So if you say, all right, I'm X number of dollars per hour, X number of dollars per project and nobody bites well, you got to lower it. Right. I mean, it's easy as can be. And if you price yourself pretty low and you get a ton of bites, but you're not able to sustain it, which happened to me, you know, I, I ended up taking on way more work than I could sustain. Then, um, then you got to increase your price. So it's, and it ebbs and flows supply and demand. It's basics of supply and demand econ economics. Boom. Yeah. It's, um, uh, isn't it funny? You also sat down to the exact person you needed to talk to like serendipitously. So, and there goes your words of advice that kind of tilted the journey in the right way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I get so much advice from so many people. I'm an advice seeker. I like yeah. that. Now I yes. like to ask other people what, you know, what they have to offer. And I don't always make my decisions based on that, but I love to hear different opinions and experiences. I think that's helped me to shape my way of thinking and being and making my own decisions. Yes. I recommend yeah, it. 
cheers to all the perspectives leaning in and in the transparency. I think the key yeah. piece to your success, unsolicited advice from my end is just yeah, the straight totally. up transparency. Like I, 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 I seriously think you can be skilled and have flow and all the, all the, you know, things, all the checking all the boxes, but truthfully in this day and age, transparency is such a, a golden rule and not everybody yeah. gets that, but I fully believe and know that the right community will find you because yeah. that's the direction we're going. So, um, your fellow varsity peeps will, will seek you out and you'll yeah. continue down your line path. Uh, yeah. I do want to be sensitive of our time. Is there anything else you want to share about your um, consulting firm, the business specifically before we jump off? Oh, um, thanks for giving me a moment to shout it out. I, yeah, I would shout out. So it's Lindsay Simons Consulting and I do strategic fundraising strategy. I do not fundraise myself. So sometimes people want to hire, do like a hired gun thing. That's not going to be me. I'm not going to open a Rolodex and raise you money. <laughs> uh, instead, I will teach you how to fish. So it's working with how to increase your ability to raise funds, especially from high net wealth individuals and major gifts. So when you're thinking about something that's a big lift and you want to have long-term partnership with a few individuals who are going to give you significant funding, that's when you'd want to call me to think about strategy and optics and language and um, how might you sustain your program and deepen your relationships. And you could also call me for board treats and I'm, I'm designing something now KO that I'm really excited about. I haven't launched it yet, yes. but I'm, I'm working on a retreat that would bring together executive directors in one, one grouping and then board members in another grouping or people who are aspiring board members and how might they all create more meaningful relationships for long lasting partnerships for bigger impact, bigger ROI. So that's what LSC is all about. Lindsay Simons Consulting. And then I also want to shout out, um, you know, my podcast creating community for good, which is on, I think I'm on 49 episodes. So I'm, I'm way behind you, my friend, but I love it. <laughs> it's a fun, it's a hobby for me. It's not perfect, yeah. but I have various guests and topics. So you can listen to that. And then finally, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for CCS. I'm back partnering with them on a big project and I love it. It's all good. You know, I think all boats are rising and I'm really happy to, I'm really happy to have just been on this show with you. Okay. I really respect you. I love yeah. your, your clip, your cadence, you're a great interviewer, you're a great communicator, you're fun, you're positive. You're much more trendy than I am. I have no idea like <laughs> uh, how you pull together your outfits and your phrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just think tequila. No, I appreciate that. I, I received, um, sincerely because I respect you and I know we don't even know each other well, but I think we have so much in common outside of our, yeah. um, our deep roots and blonde hair. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's just really exciting to, to get to meet my fellow varsity humans that are out there being intentional with their journey, transparent in it and all the good, bad, and ugly. Um, I, I just see such a community rising around you because I know you're such a pure heart and intention and hard work. So I'm excited yeah. to see where the journey goes. And I'm, I'm so glad we crossed paths. I'm excited to see what, you know, kind of transpires moving forward because I know we're in literally like in the same arena as in Denver. Yeah. Um, but kind of mission driven. And I love that you said all boats rising because it's really, I think we're both competitive humans at heart, but at this yes. point in the game, there's billions of humans, there's yeah. millions of podcasters, but there yeah. is a, so much to go around. Yes. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's good just to, to live in abundance yeah. and know that everybody can have that abundance equally. So that's you don't need podcast. everyone to love you either. Just <laughs> a reminder. I remind myself of that as well. Like, Hey, I don't need everybody to listen to my podcast. I just need some people, or I don't need everybody to be my friend. I just need some, you right. know? Right. So, just, well, I respect you and I appreciate you and it's all your kind words likewise. And I can't wait to just keep diving in, getting to know each other better and seeing what we can do. 
Yes, I appreciate it. Do you want to drop your Instagram handle? I'll put everything in there, but in case somebody's listening. Oh, sure. Um, at Z Simons, my personal one, but I guess I would prefer to send people to at creating underscore community underscore for underscore good. Yes, I, I love when people make don't that easier. Know yeah, we'll put it in there, but I love when they don't know because that means they're not staring at it all day. I uh, <laughs> absolutely do know my, my heart because I am staring at it all day. But anyways, <laughs> it's amazing. I really appreciate the time and energy. Check out Lindsay's podcast and all she is, everything she has going on consulting wise. And I really encourage you to reach out even if you want like a pro tip or something to be pushed yeah. in the right direction regarding um, consulting. So I hope that's cool. Yeah. LinkedIn is probably better, KL. There you go. I, okay, I, I okay. You look at LinkedIn all the time. So Lindsay Simons at LinkedIn, you'll find me. Yes. Lindsay, cool. keep crushing. Until the next time, <laughs> you too. Um, let's absolutely keep in touch. Sounds good. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.